everyone. This is Nanette from NanetteFayGordon.com, and you're listening to the Fire After 50 podcast. This is the spot where I sit down with passionate women over the age of 50, and we explore what lights them on fire. Women who listen to their own intuition to design a life they love, many in unconventional ways. So sit back and prepare to be inspired. Hi, welcome to the next episode of the Fire After 50 podcast. Uh, Today, I am interviewing a woman who I have known for a few years, um, but hadn't reconnected with for several, and I'm so excited to introduce you to her. Uh, Her name is Deborah Bluth, and she's an herbalist, flower essence practitioner, and a classical homeopath with a private practice in Midcoast, Maine, and online. Um, she's also a senior practitioner through Delta Gardens, which is in Hampton Falls, New Hampshire. Um, and that's a center for flower essence research, practice, and production. Deborah teaches herbal and flower essence classes and makes organic tea blends for a local cafe. Uh, she also holds an MFA in choreography, and I believe an advanced um, degree or education also in psychology. Um, and I am just really excited to, I've got lots of questions for Deborah, and you probably are already thinking of some too. So here we go. Hi, Deborah. Hello, Nanette. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes. And we were trying to figure out the other day exactly when we had met. And I don't know exactly how many years ago it was, but I'm thinking that it's at least seven or eight years ago um, when I was hosting a group called Circle of Women. And um, you came at least a couple times, I think, and, and joined us. And I just remember thinking like you were such an interesting person and interesting woman and what you did for work and just really, really fascinated me. So I'm really, really happy and excited that you've agreed to join me today. Thank you. Um, So my first question is, what are you most passionate about right now? That's a rich question. I, well, it's a multi-layered question, I think. I would say that I'm most passionate, not most passionate, I am passionate about joy, cultivating joy, and my own way of doing that is really through connection with plants and then my work which arises out of that so there's my personal connection with the plants and then there's the work that I do with other people whether that's um in private session Um, private healing sessions that I do or through teaching it's about connecting people with the plants that can help them teach them Mm. and that's a, a very joyful thing and it also I think it helps people it helps all of us it helps the planet 
I love that. So, yeah. And so one part sounds very much like a very personal joy of you um, working with the plants, being in nature. Um, and then the, and then you take it sort of from there and expand that to working with other people and teaching them about the plants. And so it feels like it kind of comes full circle. Yes, definitely. I, 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 for my own joy and happiness, I need to be in nature. I need my feet on soft earth on a regular basis. And, um, and like, I'm just not myself if I don't have that. And then I think of myself uh, in my work as a, as a bit of a bridge between the plants and a person. Mm. How can I help find the plants that are a match for them mm. and can support them? It's so, so interesting. I just, I'm fascinated by your practice. And so how did you get interested in this in the first place? And um, how did you start? Like, how did you learn about the plants and the flowers and how they could, or how you could use them to help people? I, I would say, I started like, so I, my past career was as a dancer and a choreographer and, but I always had like a healing arts practice on the side. And, um, in my twenties, I was studying shiatsu and through shiatsu, I started learning about Chinese medicine and started learning the Chinese herbs. Um, and then but dance was always my primary and I was, I was teaching and performing. And I, I, I will say that this next chapter in my life did not come easily. Um, I, I had a great, I had great jobs. I was doing really well as a dancer. I was teaching at universities, um, and, and then at a certain point, something started seeming like it was missing. Mm. Like it just, I, it just wasn't satiating anymore. Mm -hmm. There was something, there was something else. You needed more. And I, and I feel like my dance work always had a healing aspect to it. That was what I was most interested in. Oh, interesting. Both as an artist and as a teacher. But again, there was something just kind of missing. And then I, there was a day, there was literally a day that I went, I decided to bring my lunch out into a field that was near my house. And I sat in this field. And when I looked at the edge of the field, it just looked like the plants were kind of waving at me. Like just they just, <laughs> I just got shivers. <laughs> They were, they were, I just, it was like, I hadn't seen them before. It was like, what be, what was just sort of green before became, it, there was just another level of it. And I, I remember talking to my best friend at the time, Amy afterwards, who was a, a someone I danced with. And, and I said, I think I need to study herbs. And she said, you, <laughs> you know, cause we were living this very urban existence and cosmopolitan, you know, whatever, sophisticated artist kind of thing. So 
that started a process where I started, I just started studying the herbs. And then, and then a friend of mine, a few years after that, said to me um, that she had seen this flower essence practitioner in New Hampshire. And she said, you have to meet this guy. He's a shaman with flowers. Mm. And I looked him up and I was completely drawn to what he did. And there was a way uh, when I looked at his website, I thought, oh, he's so connected. He's connected to the sun and the moon and the and and nature in a way that I deeply craved. And yet it took me five more years before I reached out to him. Why do you think? And uh, I think I was... it was such a different paradigm from how I was living. And I didn't think the two could go together somehow. I didn't, I mean, now I look back at that and I can see that was entirely a story, but I, you know, I was teaching at the Boston conservatory. It was like, I, I, I had my shit together, you know, and I was, um, I thought I thought that if I did this, it would be too out there. It would not uh, at the time, you know, I just thought that it would undermine the other things I did. You couldn't and see the bridge. I couldn't make I couldn't do it. And it took me having to get sick and leave dance entirely before I really went for it. Oh, so your your body knew before, it sounds like your body maybe knew where you needed to go before you were willing to bring it to your consciousness. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I fought it. I, I, I consciously fought it, you know, I, I, and then at a certain point, it, 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 you know, now looking back in a way, it almost seems absurd. And yet I, I can have compassion for that mm. younger self who wasn't ready in some way. And yes. um, yeah, I think when we're seeing a path that is so different from where we thought we were going to go, where we thought we were going to land, where we thought we were going to be 50 or 60 years old or whatever it might be. Yeah. And all of a sudden we start to see a new path. We do tend to really kind of bucket until we have to do it. Yeah. 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 And it was a path that like, I hadn't even known existed. You know, if anyone had told me in my twenties that I would be doing what I do now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what they were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really, it's so fascinating. And that sounds very much like you finally listened to your intuition. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Which is That's a hard good. thing. I think we all, you know, obviously we all have it and we all hear it and it's always, not always, but very often it's hard to follow it, especially if it's a different path than maybe our, you know, front part of our brain, like really wants or thinks we should have, or, you know, it, it's hard to follow it, but um, yeah, it sounds like you kind of 
we're like, okay, that seems like the path I need to go. Well, and then, you know, and, and then of course, becoming so much happier in the end from that. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that feeling of following, following a, a sense of calling. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, one of the things that's, that's always fascinated me is that about you and what you do is like what your day looks like, like, how does it all work? And, you know, can you give us a little bit of insight about, I guess, some of the things I'm wondering about, like, do you grow your own flowers and herbs or do you go find them in nature? You know, do you do this work before you meet with a client or do you meet with a client and figure out what they might need and then go find those? Or How, how does it work, Deborah? How does, how does your practice work? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, so my life is different depending on the season. You know, the growing season is busier. Uh, right now I'm between homes. And so I don't have the kind of garden space that I love and um, hopefully will have again very soon. So uh, I will do both growing my own plants, but I also wildcraft. So that means going out and uh, finding, I have places, you know, I have my spots <laughs> near where I live. I know that this is where I go get goldenrod and this is where I go get elderberries and this is where, you know. So, so do you have to like talk to landowners and how, how does that piece work or? Well, I have friends who, who have land or I have, I, I can't, I, I don't think I've ever gone to someone I don't know and said, can I use something? And I don't think I've ever done that. I've considered it. Yeah. Although uh, I remember many, these. Yeah. Probably people would be like fine with that. I think some people would be delighted and some people would not, but um, yeah. So a- anyway, so, so the thing about also with this work is, in terms of making things, like if I'm making remedies, is that it, it, there's a specific window, you know, there's a specific window of time when something's blooming. And with flower essences in particular, it's like we want to work with the flower when it's at its height. So there's, it's, it's very specific. And, and so, um, so it's important, you know, so I, I, I know where the plants around me are and then I check up on them and say hello and where are they at in their cycle. And, um, so is that mostly, um, that you just, that you've learned what the height of their cycle is through, um, experience or through, um, education or I'm not sure that I would know the height of a flower. It's a, you you brought up intuition before. It's a, it's a perception. It's a perception. It's like, there's, you know, it's a, it's a blossom and then, I mean, or it's a bud and then it moves and moves towards blossoming. And then there's a point at which it goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you want to 
ultimately get it right, you know, right at the height of the, the, the plant's manifestation there. But um, so anyway, so my, so in my home, I mean, I have remedies. My home is filled with remedies. So when I work with a person, an individual client, it's either a remedy that I have, or I direct them where to, where to buy it. Um, you know, there are certain uh, companies or people who make remedies that I feel comfortable sending people to. And um, so it goes like that. I see. Yeah. So after you, I think you, you, one time when we spoke, you called it harvesting. Yes. You go out to, it's not picking the flowers or the herbs. It's, it sounds like it harvesting is the, and so after you harvest what's next well it depends on what it depends on what I'm making I mean the first thing I want to say about this that that it feels really important to to share is that with this kind of work that we're not we're not taking now we're not we're not taking from the plant. There's it, it, the plants are not commodities. It's not, um, we're, there's more of a sense of partnership mm. and reciprocity. And, uh, so there's an asking we don't just, we don't just take. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when, when I am harvesting, like, you never take all of the blossoms from a plant. You leave, you know, you leave for the birds and the bees and, and, but you also ask the plant before we're working. So, uh, so I'll talk about flower essences in particular. Flower essences have, they are made with ceremony. Uh, there is that process of, of asking. We're working with the spirit of the plant. Mm-hmm. It's not just the, the material of the plant. I love that. That's so beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful process. There's nothing like it. Honestly, there's nothing. I can just picture you out there doing that process. It just, it sounds so beautiful. There's nothing like it. It's a particular state. Mm. It's prayerful. It's magical. It's, there is a listening, um, there's a, a kind of direct listening with, from nature, with the plants, with the spirits of place. Um, and so a flower essence is made there. Well, there's kind of a standard way where with that sense of ceremony, you have a glass bowl and it's filled with a very good quality water and you float the blossoms on the the water and then it's left there for usually three or four hours but this can change depending on the plant and what it might tell you it needs um so it's it's kind of like making a a sun tea in Mm, a way it sounds like that um but then when it's ready and there's a there's a way that you can sense that the that the water has picked up the energy of the plant. Mm -hmm. And then 
when it's ready, you end up, well, I personally give the flowers back to the plant. So they become compost for the plant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that water becomes what we call mother essence. And then from there, that mother essence gets diluted down to a stock level. And then that can get diluted down to a dosage level. So by the end of it, by the uh, flower essence is basically like liquid plant energy. It is, Oh my gosh. It it carries the vibration of the plant and that vibration goes into the human system, Mm. which is also an energetic system and teaches it new vibrations, teaches it new pathways. So what, what a beautiful, I mean, it's even more beautiful than I imagined. I mean, I imagined it to be very beautiful, you know, but it's even more beautiful than I could even have imagined. You know, honestly, my, when I, you know, if you think about your life and you think about like, what are the peak experiences of my life? Mm -hmm. Some of my experiences making essences are honestly the most beautiful. They're, they're the, the experiences I feel like have made my life purposeful and wow. You get into flow. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's such a sense of connection Mm -hmm. on a level that you don't, I don't have necessarily on a, on a, on a regular day. Mm. Um, So, and I know when you, one of the things that you do is, you know, educate, Um, I know that you do some um, walks Mm -hmm. with, with folks Um, and it must, is is it more difficult for you to have that experience when you're trying to show or explain it to others or can you still experience that? Uh, That like that level of connection of that level. Mm. It's different. I will say it's different. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It, it, and, and it's beautiful. That's beautiful in its own way, mm-hmm. but it's different. I, it, so, so some of the walks I do, so sometimes I teach flower essence classes. And so we're making flower essences and we're exploring in that way. And then sometimes I'll do what I call medicinal plant walks where we we just go to a piece of land and we're walking through and we're just learning about what's there. Mm. Uh, so you do both. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's my, it's my longing and my desire to really support people in being able to see what's around them mm. and really know who is around them, mm-hmm. you know, who, who are these beings around us that can teach us and heal us. And... Mm. Well, and it also sounds like, you know, on one level when you're meeting with, and I don't know if you call them a patient or a client or, but when you when someone comes to you with something like eczema, I think you'd mentioned eczema the other day as one of the things that you would work with someone with, um, that, um, that level you're working with that person to try to figure out how to best support them through the flower and herb essences. Right. So, well, so when I work with individual clients, it's, it's, 
uh, I will say this, like, I mean, that person, I work with all different kinds of people. And so people and people come for all different kinds of reasons, all different ages, all different, um, all different sorts of situations that the person doesn't have to know anything about plants or that's nice. It's like, they don't they don't need to believe they don't need to live in my paradigm yeah it 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 does that doesn't matter at all it's like I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to them as well as I can get to know them as well as I can and then find the remedies that I think will be supportive Mm -hmm. um to them. So it can be whether it's herbal, flower essence or or homeopathic. There those are all kind of I mean I think I, I love having those three options. It's like to me it's like a trifecta of mm. goodness. Mm. Um they all work a, a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um so it's figuring out you know, which, which manner and how and and um with many people i it's like i do an initial intake an initial intake can be two hours sometimes more just trying to really dive in there and get to know somebody i mean this it's really this is really holistic work so it's not like this fixes this it's not like that at all it's about the whole person it's about it's on it's it's work on a soulful level and so physical and spiritual and yeah in my world you can't separate Mm. you can't separate the physical from the spiritual or from the soul and um you know i think back to like when i was sick and it was like what kind of sickness was that? That was mostly a, like a soul sickness. Um, there, there was, I mean, I could do physical things, material things to help myself, but it was really another level that needed to be addressed. You know, mm. that... So when you, when you were in that spot, mm. um, that soul sickness, I think you just called it, mm. like, what did you do? Is is that was that one of the turning points for you? I think um, where you felt like you needed to start doing something different for yourself than you'd been doing in the past. For sure, it was that was definitely there was definitely a turning point of, um, like what kind of life do I really want for myself, and and what am I willing to give up and what am I willing to embrace? And do I want to hold back in my life or do I want to give myself to life? And um, Do you see a, cor- a correlation between what you're doing now and dance? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, that the, so, so in my, I think there's a couple of things about the dance. So one was just simply uh, being an artist it, is there, 
can be, I guess there's not always, but a, a certain type of listening, a listening to process and a, a curiosity and a depth. Mm. Um, and then also within my dance work, the last 10 years of it, I my specialty within that was improvisation, which is like, I was real like it's really about listening and connecting with what's around you and what's the moment and and a way of listening to subtleties in the body. Mm. So um and I was just really curious by the end of my dance time. I mean, I was exploring like can I can I dance the energy of that plant? Like I was moving into that kind of curiosity you know like can I sense like the subtle vibration of that plant and then bring it into my own body and see what happens that's Um, amazing so I mean I'm still extremely interested in that so so it in you know in in the realm of um I would say with flower essences and homeopathy which are kind of in the this realm we might call uh, vibrational vibrational healing, vibrational medicine. It's like everything is movement. Like everything is movement from the biggest movement to like the metaphysical. It's all vibration. Everything, mm-hmm. like everything in mm-hmm. nature is vibrational in nature. Yeah. So, so it's like, I mean, it's all a dance really. And so, you know, what, what I've been taught with homeopathy in particular is, you know, we're looking for what is the vibration? What is the pattern of disease in a person? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, we look for what is the remedy from nature that matches that pattern and with homeopathy, it's a little different than like flower essences, the, the remedies going in and teaching a new vibration. Homeopathy is actually, we're trying to match the vibration mm. of disease. Okay. So it's the idea is like cures like. Mm-hmm. So then that remedy goes in, offers the same vibration. And then that sort of kicks up the person's own vital force mm. to start to heal. Oh, do you have one example that you might be able to give us about, uh, um, you know, a case study, I guess, of someone that you've worked with about coming up with what the right thing might be for them and, and how it helped? Would you be willing to do that? <laughs> and if not, that's perfectly fine too. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, let's not go there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for letting me know. Cause I don't, oftentimes I don't know until, until I ask. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I, we talked a little bit about your, your intuition. And another thing I wanted to talk to you about um, was the work that you do at Delta Gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I actually, I looked it up online. It's, it's, it's like research and 
Um, I'm, I'm assuming that maybe that is, is that the person who you finally reached out to was the person who. Yes. David, David Dalton became my teacher and mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what's the work that you do there? Is it any different than what you're doing, um, you know, individually versus what you're doing there? No, it's the same. It's the same work. I mean, the, the, I also, some of my, the essences that I make are sold through Delta Gardens. Um, and I've done a little bit of teaching through Delta Gardens. Um, the right now I live, I live several hours away from there. So I no longer see people in person there, but I, I work through them and, um, see people online mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, that's great. And it sounds like it's also very supportive for you. Like, is it a great resource for you? Um, or oh, that- oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's wonderful to have community, you know, it's like, um, it is. <laughs> being there. I stopped going there at, at the beginning of COVID. Um, and then I moved further North. So, um, but yeah, we had great lunches on <laughs> during a work day. Yeah. Um, and oh, it yeah. is community. Yeah. I, I agree with you. When I first started doing photography, I really didn't know anyone else who, who was doing it. And it felt very lonesome and very, very alone and very, um, you know, I didn't really feel as though I had anyone to ask any questions to or to bounce things off from. And then little by little to find some community. Um, and actually I have found that my, that collaboration for me is one of the, my most joyful things, whether it's, you know, collaborating with another photographer or a videographer or, or, or stylist or, you know, that kind of thing. I, I just think community and whatever we're doing feels like it's such an important piece. Yeah, I agree. I've always loved collaborating too, because I feel like every, like each person adds, you know, we're all learning and exploring and it's just, I just find that so exciting. Me too. Um, And we can always create something that we would never be able to create on an individual level, you know? Um, Yeah. I just, I think that's community. I think that's just really important. And and I find as I get older too, um, because, you know, I'm not connecting with like kids, uh, parents who might maybe kids are going to school with now it's, it's, it's fine having, it's harder maybe to find people to be in community with as, as we get older, Um, and, uh, so I really, really appreciate and, um, love the people that I'm in, in community with. And yeah, it's a big part of my life community. Hmm. So, um, this feels to me with what you're doing, like this wonderful, um, intersection of like art, um, science, nature, behavioral sciences, like it just sounds like the most wonderful combination of so many aspects of, I don't know, um, the world, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's to me, for me, there's a, there's a wholeness to it. Like, and, and I feel like 
for me that like I'll always be exploring like this is it's a never-ending field and um that's exciting like yeah one's never done one's never fully educated in it you know and, and so it's going to be a new flower or a new plant or learn something new about a flower or a plant or yeah, or 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 a new pattern in in a person that i haven't seen before or a new a new illness that appears or um yeah. Is that one of the pieces of this that you enjoy is not knowing what the next step might be, like who might be in contact with you to help or what you might learn out in nature? Like, is that one of the pieces for you? I know it is for me in the work mm -hmm. that I do is um, what am I going to learn today or who am I going to meet today or. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I, I mean, I, I guess I think of myself as like a, like I'm a researcher, you know, like I'm like an explorer and a researcher and um, yeah, I have a friend. I have uh, my, my colleague, Jennifer, who's a, she's another Delta gardens practitioner and we've been good friends for a long time. And we have phone conversations about different plants. And then we're, we, we periodically just say, this is so awesome. <laughs> you know, like we share, like, Oh, I'll, you know, she'll say, Oh, I discovered this, or I made, I made this essence today and, you know, and this happened. And um, so it's, yeah. It's just, Isn't it the best to, to really find something that like lights your fire? Yeah. It's yeah. the best, yeah. you know, something that you can just really get lost in and feel the passion and feel the flow. And yeah, I just think that there's really nothing better really in this world in so many ways than to find that for ourselves. And, and it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to find that, but oh my gosh, it's so, I think it's so worth the journey to try to discover, you know, what that is. Yeah. 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 Tell us about your teas, the teas that you make. Oh, that's like, a, I think of that as my side gig. Like, uh -huh. um, yeah, there's a, there's a really sweet cafe in Portland called Copeside Coffee. And I mm, have a connection with uh, Zara who runs it. And I, I make their tea blends for them. Not all of their teas, but a number of their teas. And so it's just a fun, lovely mm. extra thing that I do that makes me happy. Like it's a joyful thing to me to think about people walking around Portland, sipping, you know, <laughs> sipping these organic, helpful. I love that. You know, love so do they people. actually, do they just sell, um, like, do they, they brew it and sell it there for people to walk around with it or can you take, is, do they also sell it in a way that you can take it home with you? Like the actual dry tea or. They do both. Um, so most of it is what they sell in the shop in terms of, yeah, like you go and you get your red chai or something and turmeric chai. Yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but they do have some, some in bags 
Mm-hmm. Not not all the not all the kinds, but they have a couple of the kinds available oh. in bags to buy. Yay! Yeah. Well, I'm working in Portland, uh, not this coming week, but the week after. Uh, doing women in water sessions, which I'm super excited about. And I have a couple client meetings also. So I think that might be my new place that I'm going to go check out in Portland. Do they have like in, can you go in and have a seat in there? Oh, yeah, awesome. and outdoor seating and yep. yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm going to, I'm definitely going to go check that out. Yeah. So I know uh, you have a newsletter. Is that right? You put a newsletter out. Is that right? I, well, to be honest, I haven't done that in a few years. Oh, okay. <laughs> behind, but yes, I have a newsletter. I feel like I've received it a couple times and just been fascinated and read every word and um, where, where can people, where can people best find you if they would like to learn more about you, learn more about what you do, um, maybe connect with you to help them or go on one of your walks or where would people find you? Yeah. So my website is seed and legend, all one word. So like seed as in a plant seed and legend at G, uh, at no, seedandlegend.com is my website. And then my email is seedandlegend at gmail.com. And is the so, and like an and sign or like A-N-D? And, A-N-D. A-N-D. Okay, seed yeah, and legend. All okay. one word. Yeah. Okay. And I will put um, the link to your website in the show notes. Um, and is there anywhere else that people can find you the you delta gardens they- yep you can find me through delta gardens people can also email me through the website um you can find me on facebook so- okay okay you're on facebook um yeah i just I, i'm fascinated with with what you do and it sounds like a wonderful rewarding life that you have created for yourself thank you very much. Yeah, it is. I mean, I enjoy my life. <laughs> Flowers and herbs and nature and people. Mm. And yeah, it sounds really mm. beautiful. And um, yeah, I think you're giving the world a big gift. Um, well, I'm sure you were giving a big gift when you were doing the choreography and the dance also. But it also seems like you're giving the world a big gift of sharing uh, what you've learned and your knowledge and, um, and congratulations on your recent, um, is it called a certification or? Yes. Okay. Yes. In um, homeopathy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause I, I, I've said it wrong a couple of times, so I know it's, it, you're a homeopath, but it's homeopathy, correct? correct. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations on, on that. That must've been a big undertaking. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> but it's wonderful to keep learning. I, I'm actually going to be starting a therapeutic photography class in January. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be a year long, a year long class. And I'm really excited to like add on to what I'm already doing, what I already know, um, what I've already experienced. And it's wonderful to be able to continue to learn and like you said, you know, research and It's very exciting to be able to continue to do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Deborah, thank you so, so much for joining me today. And 
you know, sharing not just what you do, but sharing yourself, um, which I know is a big part of what you do. And I just really, really appreciate it. And um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Fire After 50 podcast. Please check the show notes for links and resources to everything we mentioned in this episode. And if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit my website at nanettefaygordon.com. And surprise, surprise, I specialize in photographing women over 50. If you'd like more information, you can log on to my website. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.